Hello and welcome to the Becoming Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Anne Fancy. This podcast was born out of the intent to continue conversations off the yoga mat and into the world because so much of what we do in life is challenging and creates a whole lot of discomfort and so much of it is asking us to elevate, to rise up. And I wanted to find space to continue these conversations that we can all be a part of in our own process of unraveling who the world has told us to be and becoming a more true and honest version of ourselves. And even more so in simply acknowledging what it feels like to continue to wake up, to be more wakeful in this beautiful experience we call life, perhaps even this brutal experience we call life. I'm so grateful for you being here. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share it widely. Please rate and review us and subscribe. I appreciate you. Let's get to today's episode. Hey, so I wanted to come on here before we get going and just give you a little disclaimer that this is going to be a podcast that shares pretty raw and vulnerable story of um, my friend Carly's abortion and how that shaped so much of her life. She is really vulnerable, really open, and really honest about her experience, and it's just that. It's her experience. She and I were very conscious that this is a very hot and sensitive topic right now and always about women's bodies, women's choices. And she wanted to be clear about her own standpoint um, with regard to her abortion and and just that this is her story and that it isn't an implication on anyone else's story. I think that Carl and I would both agree that we are ultimately pro-women, pro-women's right to choose, pro-life even. But ultimately, in the end, it's about being conscientious and humane and allowing women to have autonomy over their bodies. This isn't a political conversation. This is mostly Carly sharing her voice. In her words via text, she sent me this remark. When asked to discuss who I am, my abortion story was integral to my human experience and inevitably in my becoming. In this podcast, I state that I have heard individuals reference the abortion process as a medical procedure, and that was not my personal experience. My story is my story. Yours is yours. One is not superior to the other. I want to be clear in my view that regardless of how your abortion took place, how you felt about it at the time, and how you feel about it now, your experience and feelings are valid and accurate. Inclusivity and female empowerment is my guiding light. I hope that in ending my silence, perhaps others will end theirs as well, and together we can lift the stigma and demonization of abortion through our support of one another. I hope that you can listen to this podcast with an open heart. We go much deeper beyond abortion, but simply how that impacted her own spiritual growth and experience. This podcast is really fun. We have a good time. We go all over the board. She talks about what it's like to be raised um, as a Catholic, raised with uh, the experience of parents who struggled with addiction. She talks about all of her experiences that led to unraveling her preconceived notions around 
tarot and astrology and what were considered really the dark arts, the work of the devil, and how she came to a different understanding of all of that. She gives us some a peek into astrology in general and what um, beautiful gifts astrology has to offer us on our own human understanding. If you want to connect with Carly around astrology or just simply reach out to her in general and thank her for her honesty and bravery because I think you're going to want to do that, you can find her, Carly, on the daily on Instagram and uh, she's also on Facebook. She also offers readings um, to coming to you over phone, however you do that. And even more exciting, she'll be on the fall retreat I'm offering in northern Michigan coming this fall, September 26th to the 29th. I just booked a second house. So there's more room for a few more people, but we did book up really fast. But if you want to come and get a reading, you can schedule that with Carly for then too, which is super exciting. I'm also hoping to get Carly on here uh, during the moon cycle, so new moon and full moon. So we have all that to look forward to. If you want to connect with more people in the like-minded community, I would also love to see you at Barefoot and Free Yoga Festival this summer. I will be there. I'm teaching a class and I'm offering a roundtable discussion. Um, during the weekend. If you want to come, book your tickets now and use the promotional code or the discount code ANN, A-N-N, all caps, and you can get 15% off your ticket price. There's camping. You can glamp if you can figure out how to make that happen. You can come and go. It's in Proud Lake, Michigan, so not too far from Metro Detroit. I hope to see you there. As always, please, please, please connect with me on social media. Share Um, these podcasts rate review, especially in iTunes that really, really helps more people get access to this. And I really, truly do hope that we are working to elevate consciousness one conversation at a time here. So thank you again and again and again. I am grateful for you, the listener, and so grateful to have these deep conversations with these awesome guests and ultimately with you. Hello, friends. I am here today with my friend, um, Carly Luzdowski. Um, So if you F that name up, don't worry. I already did. And um, (laughs) just not right then. And um, Carly and I met sort of, I mean, we met in passing, I think you, you were brought to one of my yoga classes, yes. but then after a Lululemon event, um, we were standing outside in the parking lot and I was absolutely freezing my arse off. And, um, <laughs> but it was like, I had found one of my people that was speaking my weird rabbit hole language. And so, um, it was super fun because it's always those reminders that people are not as they seem. Cause I would not have necessarily guessed that, um, from you or how I met you. So welcome Carly. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. And um, Carly uh, has a great story, I think. I think it's interesting. And um, and I think it's like so many of us, because she was like, it's not a pretty story. And I'm like, like, it doesn't make a flow. And I'm like, nobody's story <laughs> makes flow from the front end or from as you're living it. But in retrospect, you can start to look back. So you were raised in a pretty Catholic environment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So... Um, I was baptized, First Communion, Confirmation. Um, Catholic school. Yep. Went to an all-girls Catholic high school in Toledo, Ohio, and then went on to go to Loyola University of Chicago, so Jesuits. Mm -hmm. So lots of of theology, lots of church, lots of masses. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I uh, actually really felt at home in mass, in my faith, Um, but always felt this uh, exclusion because I had a vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Go right after it. That's right. Yeah. And knew that um, I could only go so far. 
I do recall distinctly in college, or not college, excuse me, in high school, um, getting to know some of the sisters and thinking privately. I never, like, stated it out loud, yeah. but I could be a sister someday. They have a pretty cool life. Like, you get to yeah. travel the world and help people and humanitarianism. And then I always felt in my gut that I probably wanted to have a kid or I knew I was going to have a kid at some point, so that just wouldn't have been in alignment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. So you did you consider studying theology? Yeah, so um, that was kind of one of the pulls to go to Loyola. Um, I really enjoyed learning about uh, sociology, philosophy. I ended up becoming a woman's studies major, mm-hmm. which was uh, glorified um, psychology, sociology, yeah. and better understanding of why things are the way they are and why things affect me the way they do because I'm a woman. Yeah, fascinating. I was mm-hmm. a psych grad, women's studies minor, so mm-hmm. I can relate to that for sure. Um, so at what point did religion, I mean, you're still, you, you, your children are baptized, you mentioned to me offline here, but mm-hmm. um, at what point did religion stop fitting? And um, yeah. Well, I guess, <clears throat> <laughs> just coming right out there with the good stuff. I am. So uh, when I was 19, I had an abortion. Okay. And as a Catholic woman, or any Catholic, an abortion is a mortal sin, mm-hmm. and you are destined to hell. Right. And so at 19, um, the situation arose, and I said to myself that I was going to tell the young man that it was with, and if he said, okay, it was a go. If he said no, I had already decided in my brain that I never wanted to be a single parent. Yeah. I was 19, I was in college, I had student loan debt, no yeah. money, Yeah. <laughs> and um, my mom is an act, well, I can't say that she's an active addict right now, but she was an addict throughout mm-hmm. my um, time at home, and so there really wasn't that like home base that I could turn on, Yeah. and so I told him, and I'll never forget the day, and his exact statements were, well, we know what we have to do, mm. and I said, does that mean that we're going to have an abortion. And the conversation was always we're. Yeah. It was never I. Yeah. And that is one of those things that I acknowledged very quickly in the process was that it's a woman's issue, but the woman's never normally the one making the decision alone. Oh, my gosh, for sure. Yeah. So I um, proceeded with it, made lots of poor choices. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in the state of Ohio, so you go to have your appointment, and I got in as early as I could get. Um, the baby or fetus or whatever you're comfortable referring to it as, they couldn't even find it on the ultrasound. And so they had to make me do a pee test because they couldn't find the baby. And it was like so faint. They're like, wow, you just got here. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I did. And then the state of Ohio makes you wait. They make you wait two months. What? So the baby was nice and in there. Like I was sick. I was dizzy. I was all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And then you have to go back and have this highly traumatic experience. And at 19, once I made that decision in my mind, there was no turning back. Like, I I didn't want to feel. So, you know, I was making poor choices. I was drinking. I was smoking. I was doing everything. And I think subconsciously at the time I thought, maybe if I treat myself so poorly, I can do this myself. Yeah. And and sort of remove that guilt. Mm -hmm. And um, it didn't work. So we actually, the day of the um, abortion, there was like picketers, mm-hmm. which was like super traumatic walking yeah. in. And um, we got in there and the guy that I was with at the time started crying mm-hmm. and said, well, we can't do this. And okay. I said, 
we can't do this. You made the decision. Like, this was made. Like, you've actively drank with me and all sorts of stuff. And now, as a mother and a a 31-year-old woman, I'm sure that the damage wasn't so far gone. That, you know, you hear these crazy stories now of, like, people not knowing until they were giving birth. But at that moment in time, I thought what I had done was far too bad to, like, step away from it now. Yeah. And so, yeah, I proceeded. Um, so you basically, at that moment, he stepped back into indecision, and you had to just move forward without mm-hmm. his Which was super, consent. yeah, it was very... Uh, or support. Lar- yeah, very, very um, profound turning point in my human experience. Yeah, at 19, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, so you have the procedure, and I feel like I just like kind of want to go there with this a little bit since we're already in... Um, and then after the procedure, so you have options. You can, like, take Tylenol. You can, like, actually get numbed completely. And so for me personally, I said, I want to feel this. I want to know. Wow. And so when I hear women say, oh, it's a medical procedure, and it's like that can be a really, like, reassuring feeling for some people. But for me, and I do tie that back to my faith and, um, you know, who I am as an individual, it was never a medical procedure. Like, yeah. it was a choice. Yeah. And so I took two Tylenol, mm-hmm. and I had it done. Mm-hmm. And it was horrifying. Mm-hmm. And um, there was an angel of a nurse that was with me the whole time and held my hand. And it was wild. And then you're immediately, like, you stand up. You walk out of the room, mm-hmm. which seems very wild. Yep. And you go into this open room. And it's a bunch of lazy boys in a circle. And they're all of us that just had the procedure done just staring at each other. Wow. And it's, like, the heaviest most horrifying like just even recalling it makes like the vomit come up in my throat yeah and I remember looking at these women and they're all like caps like lots of ball caps lots of glasses so much shame yeah no one wants to be seen and um again I'm going to reiterate that in the waiting room is a lot of men yeah so this isn't just women yeah this they need car rides home because you're not allowed to drive when you leave there's moms there. There's grandmas there. Mm-hmm. If this is not the individual that's having the procedure, there's a lot of people encouraging it. Yeah. So I just really want to drive that home. Yeah. And um, Right. It's not one woman's choice on her own. No. Right. No. Right. There's a lot of pressure from the outside world is what mm-hmm. you're saying. Like yes. you didn't go in like, I'm so great. This is, the- yeah, yeah. This is my birth control. Yeah, exactly. Like you hear that. You're yeah. Like, this isn't birth control. No shit. Right. It doesn't ever feel like birth control. Right. Um. So we, I was sitting in this room, and I'm looking at all these women, and my knee-jerk reaction was to, like, try to make people feel better. Yeah. And in that moment at 19, I said, I am going to help these women. Yeah. Like, I was, I decided in that moment that I was going to come out with this story yeah. because people shouldn't have to suffer alone. And I knew in that moment that, like, these weren't inherently evil people. Of course not. Right. But but there's but there's so much energy around that. I mean, right now Alabama's passing a bill that no matter what, whether it's rape or incest, you still have to carry to full term. Which is wild. Wild. I have to stop saying wild. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, that definitely triggered a very bizarre relationship with my faith because I was too ashamed to um go to confession and yeah. confess it. And in the Catholic religion, I don't know how many, you know, of the listeners yeah. are Catholic, but you have to go and confess your sin. And then a guy yeah. who has never been in this situation then tells you what you have to do to, like, make up for it. Right. Which, that felt really wrong, yeah. even in the process. So, um, I kind of 
I didn't kind of, there's lots of repression. Yeah. Lots of, um, I'm stronger. I'm going to be okay. You know? Mm -hmm. And then now in retrospect, I became very obsessed with money. Mm. And actually it was just in the past like year and a half that I realized that my obsession with money came after I had that abortion. And my belief system is, is that that was one of the big reasons in my heart. Like, I can't provide for this kid. You know, I don't have any funds. I don't have oh. any support. I couldn't even get an apartment if I wanted to right now. Um, and, and I'm never going to be in this situation again. I'm that never if this ever happens be... to me again, I'm going to be able to figure out how to take care of this mm-hmm. fetus. So yeah. I literally, that following year, I was working in nightclubs. You could yeah. kind of see where I was at. Yeah. <laughs> I was working in high-volume nightclubs. Yeah. And um, I'd say $45,000 that year. Wow. And so it was definitely like a commitment to, I am going to control every single thing I can control. 100%. And in my head I said, if a situation like this ever arises again, this is not my birth control. Yeah. And I will be in charge of making this decision for myself. For myself. But at 19, I mean, you were so barely out of your parents' home and so much pressure from the church. I mean, even I wasn't raised in the Catholic church, but guilt and shame are inherent in so many religious experiences. I mean, I look at my mother who was raised the Baptist church. My dad was raised in the Catholic church and all of the guilt and shame. And then they chose churches that really were punitive too. And like, I think that that's why so many people talk about being recovering Catholics or recovering religious people in general because of that inherent guilt and shame, which nobody, nothing good comes from guilt and shame. Nothing. No. No. And I can say that whether I consciously, like, I don't think I was walking around at 19, like, saying, you know, you're, I mean, maybe I was. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's still it's like, hard to, yeah, hard to look back there. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm 31, so I'm out of it, but I can still very much feel like I was 19 again. Sure. You know, like I'm not yeah. that far removed that it feels like I'm like, hindsight's 2020 like I still am definitely like mentally processing some of those feelings but um yeah I'd I'd like to say that I consciously wasn't like you're a piece of shit right but I'm pretty sure I was consciously like you're a piece of shit yeah so I was carrying that like heaviness yeah um in retrospect I thought you know I took like anti-anxiety medication um I thought I had seasonal depression yeah which like allowed me I drank a lot yeah I mean I recall like Thinking I was really cool because I drank 23 shots of rumple mints in a shift. Oh my gosh. And didn't die. And didn't right. die. Right. So yeah, I was pretty low vibe. Uh-huh. Um, and actually to take it full circle, um, the new Pope absolved women that have had abortions. And wow. I was already on my like healing journey at that point. Yeah. But that was one of the like, it was kind of that first kick in the pants of like, okay, the conversation's starting. Yeah. I can start to talk. Cut chills. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like that. Um, if it's coming from the church that created this guilt and shame and all this negativity, but now it's been absolved, then I can... It's like permission to start forgiving yourself. Yes. In a very... Yeah. And I was already on the, the path of self-forgiveness. At what age? When did that start that you felt like you were making that shift? So... It was actually... Kind of around 20, uh, 2012. Yeah. <laughs> when the shift happened, and the consciousness, consciousness yes. shift. Um, I think I started really feeling it 2014. Yeah. Um, so I was actually working in the alcohol industry. I was traveling the United States of America, getting up and coming alcohol brands into states. So I was like, 
as a 20, 22 to 24 year old, I had the coolest job, right. you know, yeah. Yeah, at you Maxim can't. parties and Playboy parties and meeting all the right people and yeah. just feeling like a little jet setter. Yeah. Um, and I started getting these, I'd wake up and it was like uh, a weight on my chest and I'd hear or feel, it definitely was a feeling at first of you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And it just continued to develop. So I actually had my daughter um, in 2014. And um, it was probably one of my more, I had a breakdown in front of my husband. Mm-hmm. And ex- and he's, you know, what's going on? And it was that first, like, real release of this baby isn't more important than that baby. Right. And just shedding that skin to my significant other, which a lot of, like, again, I think people think that when you've had this abortion or whatever, that it's like a conversation piece or whatever. You don't talk about it. No. You don't disclose it. I, you know, I remember feeling so much shame around, like, even telling my husband or my Mm -hmm. boyfriend, he was my boyfriend at the time, that I had this abortion. And, like, my mom actually was like, huh, you think this is the one? Did you tell him you had an abortion? Oh, my God. And I remember being like, yeah, I am going to tell him. Like, like that was going to be the thing that would make him ditch you? Yeah, like, like I, it was a like big, fat, sinner? scarlet letter. Yeah. And when I told him, he said, I'm so sorry that this happened. And if you ever need to talk. And it was that first taste of like, oh, I'm not trash. Like, yeah. someone can see that I'm not a trash I'm person. I'm still lovable. I'm still lovable. So when I got pregnant with my daughter, it was very, like, ooh, like... Oh my gosh, there's... And then when I had her, yeah. it was the acknowledgement that I could have done it. Mm. Like, that was that concrete example of, oh, you're a good mom. You right. could have done this, regardless. Yeah. And um, if we don't already know, once you have yeah. an abortion, you can't really undo it. Yeah. So now you're like, oh my gosh, if I could undo what I did, you know? Right. Um, that heaviness, that weight of it. And um, so during this time, all of this, this daily, it was daily. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I was making really great money. And I was, like I said, on paper, like people would be like, you have the coolest life. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh, I feel not that at all. You know, you have a beautiful daughter and you have your own business Mm -hmm. and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And this is so cool. And um, what did that not, it doesn't feel right, feel like for you? Because you keep, when nobody can see you, but you keep touching your gut, right? When you oh. say that, right? Oh. And like heaviness in your heart and belly. <laughs> yeah. So is that what it felt like for you? Oh, yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> so just like right when you wake up in the morning. Yeah. Right away. Yeah. And and I remember getting to a point where crying, and mm-hmm. I'm not a crier. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a, I mean, I could talk to you astrologically, but <laughs> I'm just not, I don't release that way. I release through competition or sports or sales or yeah. like, that's how I'm like, oh yeah. And yeah, it got to the point where I just felt so sad, frustrated, angry. Like, yeah, if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, then what the fuck am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. And I remember saying to my husband, don't you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and he looked at me with like the blankest stare and he's yeah. like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so this is just my experience. And it kind of like snapped me into that like, oh, this is uniquely to you. And or, you need to figure this out. And yeah. I need to figure this out. So it was right around this time that my godmother, lover to death, took a life coach course. Oh. And um, she ended up, send- I'm an avid reader, mm-hmm. and she ended up sending me the book list. And I started reading A Course in Miracles. Mm-hmm. 
Holy heck, if you haven't taken time on A Course in Miracles. Yeah. Just, so basically the belief system is, is that this woman was channeled the word of Jesus. And he's saying that like, um, essentially the Bible, what the dogma has become is not what the intention was behind Mm -hmm. his words. Right. And that the messages were all love. Mm -hmm. We're all created equal. We're all divine. We're all light. And if someone isn't reflecting that, they're lost. Mm -hmm. They're not trash. They're not, they're not, they're they're not not unworthy. They're not sinners. They're not bad. Yes. They're just not living in their light. Yes. And love. And if you, as an individual that is connected to light or is feeling the light, it's actually your responsibility to be the light in the darkness. Mm. And I started reading it every day. And... A lot of things changed. Like, um, like I mentioned earlier, my parent, well, my dad got sober three months before I was born, so I was actually in utero. Okay. And then my mom ended up becoming an addict, and um, she got she was like a partier. She liked to drink, but like nothing that would have been necessarily on like socially acceptable. Yeah, like right. socially acceptable mm-hmm. alcoholic essentially. Yes. Okay. And then she had a back surgery where she. Uh, she was kind of like the test baby for this crazy back surgery. She's a hairdresser. She's on her feet all day. Her discs were smushed, done, mm-hmm. done. And they put titanium cages in her back and then took out like a chunk of her hip to fill the titanium cages to essentially create a disc. Okay. And so we had like a hospital bed in our house for three months. Wow. Like it was really wild. I was like nine. Mm-hmm. And my mom became addicted to pain pills. Mm-hmm. And she drank and and took pain pills and it went downhill fast. Yeah. And she was always like very vibrant, life at the party, opinionated. Um, and then that kind of turned into like very still the same, but angry, mm-hmm. like very verbally abusive, very, uh, vegetable, like in her worst state, she just was like a non-person. Like she wouldn't leave her bedroom. Yeah. Like for a year, she like didn't she leave her reclusive. room. Yeah. Yes. So it was like very, uh, ooh. Yeah. Difficult <laughs> to live with. And yeah. Especially to watch your mom transform from something that was sort of sounded fierce and even, yeah, maybe she drank too much and these things, but she still was like a force to reckon with. Mm-hmm. And then she just faded into something else. Mm-hmm. So, um, lots of verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. Was your relationship good with her before that? With either of your parents? No. So um, both of my parents, and it was actually through a lot of this self-growth, that my parents were not set up. They just weren't set up. Mm-hmm. Like, um, both of them very gifted, mm-hmm. very sensitive. Like, my dad is like could easily be an artist. My mom is an artist through hair and makeup, and she's yeah. a chef. Like, she can cook amazing food. So they, I'm assuming, were highly sensitive children. Yeah, highly sensitive people. And mm-hmm. they were put into a home where my dad's... So my grandma was um, bipolar. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom's mom, her mom was schizophrenic. Wow. So well, they both were raised with major mental illness. Major mental illness. Mm-hmm. And when it's the 30s, in the case of my grandma, yeah. her mom, and in the 60s, 50s, with yeah. my dad's mom... No, mental illness is just not discussed. And Especially not for women. Right. Yeah. You were just, you know, crazy or had difficulties or whatever, whatever feminine disorder they tried to give you essentially. Right. Yeah. So my parents, I think, are both very much still in, they are in AA, so mm-hmm. they do work the program, but I think that even still there's a really strong disconnect between um, addiction and mental illness and healing 
trauma. Yeah. Well, I was just, I just wrote down the word healing. I mean, I think that that's so much of it is that, um, AA is incredible, right? But at some point there still needs, if in order to really move beyond it in this lifetime, there has to be some active work to heal, Mm -hmm. right? And yes, the AA program maybe for some people works like that, but I don't know that everybody's able to access that within, they might need deeper work, Mm -hmm. right? And, um, I think healing is really the key because it's actually what I was thinking would be part of what we talk about today with you is like the healing process. So you had all of that trauma as a child, um, in the disconnect and feeling like you didn't belong. I think you mentioned that before we started recording, but like you didn't belong to that family, so to speak, right? You felt different or other. Mm-hmm. And what's so interesting is those is, um, indigos, which is a lot of people in the millennials, zennials, gen Xers. I've been told I'm one. Yes. Well, <laughs> supposedly indigos choose dysfunctional homes in order to learn sort of those soul lessons and work through that to be given. It's just part of what, what's often chosen. So, you know, you didn't belong, but also, I just love the the reminder that likely you chose the you know not likely oh, yeah. I believe one hundred percent you chose those parents to mm-hmm. to gather those lessons and that experience for whatever reason to serve your soul mm-hmm. to serve your indigo soul. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think that you've gotten to a place and how like how far are you in this healing? I mean, not only healing from the abortion and all of that, but healing from being raised by addicts and that environment. And even when somebody is no longer an addict, right? There's so much dysfunction in the addiction that it creates and highly sensitive people who don't deal with their sensitivity. We create a lot of effed up maladaptive coping strategies. Totally. Yeah. I mean, myself included and, and as an HSP person and, and learning that. HSP. Right? I love how you yeah. say HSP. <laughs> it's my new favorite thing to talk about. HSPs. Are you yeah. familiar with HSP is? It's highly sensitive people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so full transparency, I don't, um, I do not speak to my parents regularly. Okay. Um, it, there was just, uh, it's a lot, Yeah, you know, and, um, I decided in my heart that I felt worse when I was around them mm. than when I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And it became a point where I would have, I'd like, if I'd spent time, it was like a three day process of like shedding. Yes. Mm-hmm. And my husband actually said it. He's like, every time you're around them, you're so effing mean. Yeah. And I wouldn't even realize it. It's mm-hmm. almost like um, life of the empath. Yeah. <laughs> Where, like, you start to take on that yeah. anxiety or that, psych- like, not psychotic, but, like, chaos. Yeah. Um, like, uh, you're, you know, you could be a, a peaceful space and then you come into that zone and and then all of a sudden you're, like, being triggered and you're reacting. And it's, it yeah. goes from, like, being proactive and, like, flowing to, like, rah! Yeah. Know? Well, you've been trained to, to be, well, first of all, like going back into those environments, everything that happened to you as a kid, right, at all is like you, you step back into that environment and it's like you're right back with it, right, mm-hmm. number one. Number two, if you are an empath or a sensitive person or any of those things, just human being, right, we absorb all of that. Mm-hmm. And especially like one of my favorite quotes is like, why, um, why does your family push all of your buttons? And it's because they installed them, you know? And so you get in that and then all of a sudden, you know, no matter how far you've come in your process, it's really, really challenging to not fall back into those rhythms. They're yeah. hardwired into your software, yeah. you know? And unless you've done a lot of work to undo that, um, yeah, that's what I think happens to most people. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, so yeah, I have not, well... <laughs> Through Don't this be, work. Yes. And what do you mean by this work? This work of unraveling yourself? Totally. So yeah. like I said, around 2014, I found A Course in Miracles and I committed to a 
therapy session every day for about two and a half, or not every day, every week for like two years. Okay. With a therapist, with yes. a trained therapist. Yes. Okay. She's right in Royal Oak. Love her to death. She did a lot of nodding her head. Yeah. <laughs> she did a lot of, hmm. And she's, <laughs> and she's trained in this, this course in Miracles too? Or she's no. Spiritual? No. She just nope. honored whatever space you were in. Yep. I went to Blue Cross Blue Shield and I okay. picked a lady. Perfect. And okay. she was a nice little white haired grandma and I thought, you're going to be perfect. <laughs> um, so I did that. I was working the course in Miracles every day. I had my daughter. I wanted to be the best version of myself for her. I felt, like I already mentioned, I was a women's studies major, and when I found out I was having a little girl, I felt a heaviness. Yeah. Like a, oh my gosh, you have to get your shit together, because all of this shit that you've preached, your whole existence, there's actually a little woman coming to this planet, and like, if you're not acting it, if you're not owning it, what is she going to be like, you know? chills, totally. Mm -hmm. So, that was very important. Um, So, I ended up uh, quitting my business. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm not going to do alcohol anymore. It just doesn't feel like it's resonating anymore. And so I was unemployed for like two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) And then I got a job in the alcohol industry. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I was like, I'm going to step out. I'm going to do something different. Right. And then that whole, oh, my gosh, you don't have an income. Which goes back to what I talked about previously. Huge trigger money. Yeah. And so I got a job in the alcohol industry again. Beer this time. So it wasn't liquor. It was beer. Oh, clearly. <laughs> much better. Much better. Lots yeah. different. <laughs> and so I accept this position, and three days later, I found out I was pregnant. Again. Again. Okay. Not planned. Okay. <laughs> and you do know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> well, my husband ended up saying that I was dramatic, okay. which was a real sticking point <laughs> yeah. for a couple weeks. <laughs> and then when he actually, uh, you know, we heard the heartbeat and everything, and I'm you yeah. know, over here tapping my jaw, like, still dramatic. Yeah. He goes, well, only this much got in. <laughs> and he, he held his fingers apart, right. like a, a centimeter width. Yeah. And I'm like, did you miss health class, sir? <laughs> right, right. Like, I told you that night was a no-fly zone. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Um, so anyways, we ended up, I was very nervous because we really, it, you know. It was right after your daughter, essentially. Um. Uh, well, they're two years apart. Oh, no. Okay. So you mm-hmm. knew what was... Okay. Got yep. it. So, um, I got the blood work done because I was just feeling anxiety. Like, this is not planned pregnancy and I just want to make sure he's okay. Right. Knowing it was a he. Yeah. And I got the blood work and he was perfect. And yeah. I was like, oh my God. You know, just, yeah. okay. So now it's time to be mom to two. Yeah. And my son, oh, just thinking about it gets me choked up. Um, he took over. And um, I can be very type A. I can be very chaotic. I can be very black and white and work oriented, very masculine. And regimented. Very. So, so, so much. And this little guy took over. Mm -hmm. And it was like all that work that I was doing, all those therapy sessions, all the Course in Miracles, like all the consciousness and trying in every moment to like be peace and make the best choices for myself and live in flow and love my neighbor. He like allowed me to embody it. I call Mm. him my Zen baby. He was just like where my daughter almost had the seriousness Mm -hmm. inside. Like I felt it. And I think that's what made it like, I have to be a great mom for this girl. Yeah. My son was like, mom, chill. (laughs) And that whole time, I mean, pregnancy is tough and I was sick. But my head was like not even my own. He just, 
Like energetically, even carrying him felt peaceful. Oh my gosh. And so I was working this beer job, but I knew in my heart, I was like, after I have this baby, I'm going to take a maternity leave and I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to fucking do it this time. Yeah. And so life was so good. And it was actually, I was repping. Yeah. (laughs) In my car. Yeah. Cruising around the streets of the D. Yeah. And, um... I had one of my moments, one of my big, uh-huh. I feel horrible, my, oh, that okay, back that. to that abortion heaviness. Yeah. And again, like, I'm so sorry. Just like, I'm so sorry. And I could feel him in me. And I pulled over on the side of the road and I was just, I started talking out loud and, um, I was crying heavily. And like I said, I'm not a big crier. So for me to get to that place is very big. And I just was saying, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. I know I fucked up. Right. And I did the best I could do. And at that time, this is the choice I made. And it's not you. It was me. It was never you. Right. I didn't feel like I had the tools. I didn't feel. I, I you know, and yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. And someday we'll meet again, you know. And it was very big. And it was very heavy. And you took, like, this radical responsibility. For yes. It. And, um... I guess listening to your podcast, I was saying, you know, my story's not really that cool, but... Uh, this is a pretty awesome story, just <laughs> FYI. If there was a cool moment, it was that day. I was in my car by myself, and I was very... What is the word? Gesticulations? I was gesticulating everywhere, okay. and I'm, like, talking and doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And um, it was like a big egg cracked on the top of my head, and the yolk started coming down and I can only explain it as like yolk because it was like thick mm-hmm. and heavy and it was warm. And you could feel it energetically move down. Yeah, yeah. My whole body and everywhere it touched was like warm and peace. Mm. It was how peace felt. Yeah. Like when we talk about peace, it was peace. Yeah. And it went down my whole body and I remember I started like giggling. Like yeah. it was like not a crazy like, you know, no. it was like a, oh, oh my Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, I just right. got chills saying it. I have it. chills this whole time. Yeah. And I'm, and I remember saying, you're here. This is it. Like God, I'm, yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. And it was the first day of the rest of my life. Wow. It was like, you're not going to hell. Mm-hmm. Hell doesn't exist. Yeah. By the way, mm-hmm. you're a wonderful person. It was like everything that I'd been trying so hard for years to like undo and to pretend that you weren't. Yes. Yeah. It was just like the shedding of the skin. And I knew in that moment, I'm, I, I, it's a girl, um, that I chose not to have. Yes. I knew she was there. I knew source, the universe, divine intervention, whatever was in that stupid car that day Yeah. <laughs> with all my beer bottles in the backseat <laughs> and my son's in my gut. And I'm like super pregnant at this really ratchet liquor store out yeah. front and I found God that day. Yeah. In a different way than religion created God yes. for you. I felt my personal power. I mm-hmm. felt, I felt, I felt, I felt. And there's nobody in the entire universe that could tell me otherwise. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. And um, that day started everything. And I said that day that I surrender. Yeah. I surrender to this. I resender, surrender to what is. Whatever you want from me, I'm a conduit of. Mm. And... um. Then suddenly astrology started popping up. 
Hold on, let's back up. I love that. Um, we'll get to astrology really soon. But um, so, what does God um, mean to you? Because for me, I've had to work really hard. I still kind of like feel a contraction around the big G, um, and um, also the big J. Although I know he's a super awesome dude, but like totally. I have some hangups still. Um, Absolutely. Uh, but what does God mean to you? Because for those of us who maybe have some hangups, right? I hear God, and I, I'm like, Ooh. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, can you tell me what that means to you? Like you found God. What does that mean? So I found God is my statement that I would give to somebody that I met on the street. Okay. Because I feel like it's something that everybody can identify with. Okay. My God's the universe. Yeah. My God's source. My God isn't a man or a woman. Right. My God is all that is. Yeah. And I, I am a part of that. Yeah. So it's not a white dude with a wild beard that's like sitting <laughs> in the sky. Yeah. Choices. He doesn't look like Zeus. Right. I feel like God somehow looks like Zeus a lot. Bearded hipster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I. Yeah. It's the universe. It's cosmic energy. It's source. It's. Yeah. It's the law of attraction. It's. It's energy. Yeah. We are energy. Yeah. That's my God. Okay. Cool. Because I feel better about that. Yeah. <laughs> Because if you found God, I'm like, wait a second, interview over. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, but I, but I totally feel my own, you know, humanness rub up against that. So, like, yeah. um, and like the being reborn and all of those things, you know. So I want to make sure that I clarify that for you and for the listeners because, and I'm not down in God. Like, whoever your God is, if it is a hipster in the sky, cool. Like, I'm totally <laughs> cool with that. I think Jesus was a pretty solid dude, but um, I just, I just find that for a lot of us, we've had to work really hard to like undo some of the dogma that's been like so heavily laid on us. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I'm not comfortable even using that kind of language still. Maybe one day as I keep growing up, I will be, but for me, it still carries weight and energy that doesn't feel like mine, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, I just wanted to clarify that. Right. Yeah. So, so you said you'd be a conduit. I love that. You know, I, I try to do the same thing. May I be of service to the divine good, you know? And, um, that looked like astrology. How, like what, how did that happen? Because, <sighs> because astrology, here's why it's fascinating to me. I know nothing. I mean, my astrology experience is like YM magazines and Metro times. Um, and until I did, you know, those really funny ones that were in the Metro times in Detroit area, they were always snarky and kind of funny. Um, but until I came to you last week, even, and just like, was like, I don't even know what this is really about. Like, I don't know much about it, but what spoke to you? I mean, clearly I too I do believe even in the world of spirituality and path and all of that that some people in this light worker work are drawn to different parts of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so astrology is what you've been drawn to. Mm-hmm. So how did that happen? Man, I wish I knew. <laughs> that would be a really cool story. Did you always it? love astrology or the stars or the no. planets? Okay. Um I was a Catholic. That's right. the devil's work, girl. <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't touch that stuff. Right. Um Actually, again, taking it back to my little star kids. Yeah. I was working my office space when I owned my own business was across from the Boston Tea Room. And I was pregnant with my daughter. And it was like, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. And I finally was like, fuck it. I'm going. Yeah. And to the Boston Tea Room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just walking in there. So I was 27. And you're like, oh. When you walked in? No. Walking in, I was like. (laughs) petrified. I'm oh, like, I gotta love it. Don't look at the tarot cards. <laughs> don't make a lot of eye contact. Like <laughs> you're just here for a 15 minute sesh in and out, you know, <laughs> sunglasses, hat. <laughs> Nobody could see you because you knew that God was going to lightning bolt you. Acting like I'm Madonna up in there. Yeah. Like nobody see me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, she told me that my daughter was a star. Mm-hmm. 
So I didn't touch on this, but in my childhood, I was actually in traveling Broadway musicals and mm-hmm. I was on like a very brief PBS series for kids. Awesome. So I did lots of singing and I, when she said, oh, your daughter's a star. You associated it with Hollywood star of some sort. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And she was like, she's a powerhouse and she's this and she's that. And I'm like Lady Gaga vibe in it, you know? Yeah. And I walked out of there and, um, what did she say to me? I can't really remember exactly what she said. She said something like, you'll be back. Mm. You'll be back or something. And I'm thinking... What a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. what a weird thing. I mean, listen, I love Boston Tea Room. And, yeah. Yeah. And she told me that the angels were around me and that I had a child. And you didn't ask for a reading. This was just somebody, like, coming at you with their message? I did tarot. I did oh, a little 15-minute tarot. Yep, okay. I did a little 15-minute oh, sesh. Oh, 15-minute sesh. I thought you just meant, like, wandering around the store. Yeah. Okay, so you did a 15-minute reading. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, for those that you aren't familiar, you can do little mini-readings at the Boston Tea Room. Yeah. You can do a sesh. <laughs> be cool. Is that millennial speak? I don't know. I'm a zennial. <laughs> So I, um, yeah, she said, you have a child energy. Do kids really like you? You have like a child energy around you. And I'm not talking about like the fact that you're pregnant. And I like obviously not talked about my abortion. And I was just like, oh my God, you know? Yeah. And I walked out of there that day and my heart was racing. Yeah. And I'm like, what just happened? I want to go back right now. (laughs) (laughs) Give me another. Give me another one. So I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And, um... It was about a year later, and a friend was in town or something, and she's like, ooh, let's go be naughty and, like, go get our cards read. Because, like, again, I love it's that, that it's, like, like so bad. taboo. Ooh, yeah. wild. Yeah. So I went in there, and I got my cards read by a lady named Sharice. Yeah. And anybody that's in this area probably knows Sharice. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, oh, you have gifts. Um, yeah. I'm like... What does that mean? She goes, um, the universe will let you know by the time you're 30. Wow. She said, if you don't figure it out yourself, you'll know by the time you're 30. And she's like very flippant. Yeah. She like laughed it off. And I remember being like, bitch, what does that mean? Yeah. I'm like, tell me Speak what Speak English to me. I don't speak woo-woo yet. <laughs> yeah. So, um, because I, I did. So like I said, when I was younger, like I spent a lot of time in books. Mm-hmm. What um, kind of books? Anything to get me out of where I was. Yeah, escapism. Yeah. And, I mean, I would set up, like, summer reading programs for myself. Okay. Like, you have to read 56 pages. That's also a type A. <laughs> if you're wondering if you're a type A, that's that's a sign. <laughs> you have to read 56 pages today, a part of your Carly summer reading program. Oh and gosh. I would do it. I had my bookmarks, and I had, like, all of my stuff set up. Oh, my gosh. I had so a library. Nice. I used to sign all my books, and they were in order. Oh okay. My gosh. Yeah. Anyway, um... So, kid, you read a lot. Yeah. So, I left, like, oh, God, I lost my train of thought. So, basically, I left that day. Well, I was asking, you said as a kid you read a lot, and so that you were really, you you had experience as a kid. Okay. You felt. So, I read a lot. I was, um, I don't know if anybody's lived in a house with addiction, but you got to have a tough shell. Yep. So, um, I, assuming... If I was in a different environment as a child, stuff would have happened a lot quicker. But one of my mom's favorite lines, and I don't, like, I really hope this isn't coming across as, like, bashing my parents because I don't, like, just because I don't speak to them or see them regularly, I have no ill will towards them. Sure. They did the best they could. Yeah. They had a lot of trauma. They experienced a lot of loss. Like, they 
they have suffered. Sure. And I want nothing more than them to like experience peace on earth. And I'm not sure that they're there yet. Yeah. My hope is that in time that will happen. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, my mom used to say stuff like, you're the ice queen. You have no feeling. And so she'd go harder and harder and harder and harder until I'd break. Trying to create a reaction. She'd say the most evilest, awful. And I don't know that she remembers a lot of it. Yeah. Because she was real gone. Yeah. So I think, yeah, she was just, oof. You learned to really shell up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So a lot, my whole life, essentially, I was called aggressive, a bitch, tough. Don't fuck with Carly. Mm-hmm. You know, I was very good at athletics. I was not afraid to throw down. Yeah. Like, come at me. Yeah. I also acknowledge that I had a lot of anger, and mm-hmm. that was a really good way of, like, releasing something. Sure. Now I lift weights instead right. of, like, physically attacking people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I think, like, in retrospect, I saw stuff. I'd hear stuff. I knew stuff. Yeah. That was probably my biggest one. I could see things happening before they happened. Mm-hmm. I could look at you and know if I wanted to spend time with you or not. Yeah. People would call me an old soul. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're so mature for your age. Mm-hmm. Gosh, you, I, I feel like I'm talking to an equal and I'm like 10 and a woman's yeah. 40. I had lots Same. of older women friends. Yeah. I'd like go grab coffee with them. Yeah. Um, so anyways, when she said you have gifts, it was kind of like this spark. Mm-hmm. And then that wild experience in my vehicle yes. <laughs> happened and I started just saying out loud I, I whatever you want yeah. I don't want to feel listless anymore I don't want to feel purposeless anymore I don't want to feel like I don't know what I'm supposed to do I'll do whatever you say to do yes and so really weird stuff started happening mm-hmm. weird people got in my path I would be like I remember driving down the street and Akashic pops up in my head yeah what the hell is Akashic? Yeah. And so, like, going and Googling, I think Lori talked about it. She was yeah. like, and your other um, show, she was like, she said she looked back to her guides and said, what's Akashic? Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was the same thing. I'm, like, driving in my car and Akashic. Yeah. So I'm phonetically typing out Akashic She's in my Google. Out what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but astrology was huge, and it's just pushing and pushing, and I got... Pulled into Ann Ortley, who's this like famous astrologist, and she does a weekly weather report on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, well, that's only on Sundays. I need more. Yeah. So then I found this Molly McCord gal, and she posts two a week. So yeah. then I had Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday. Yeah. And then I found this guy, Jeff Henshaw, and he does Cosmic Cousins podcast. And so his are like two and a half hours long, and that's got me for at least three days in my car. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, now there's Saturday and yeah. Friday. You know, I'm like filling up every day, and I yeah. was driving a lot. Yeah. And then I'm um, getting the Mountain Astrologer magazine, and it was just like insatiable thirst. Yes. And the day that I realized what was happening, there's a thing called a Saturn return. And Saturn revisits your planetary placement in your natal chart roughly 27 and a half to 29. Hmm. And the day that I discovered it was in the exact degree of my Saturn on my chart. It was exactly at the same position on my chart. And I remember going, oh my God, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Like, it really hadn't clicked. It was, like, kind of like a freaky hobby that I just would, like, not talk to anybody about. Mm-hmm. And things were clicking really fast. Like, I, could, I was like, oh, okay, well, this planet works with this planet and this person and this. Like, and you this just person. understood mm-hmm. it really easily. Mm-hmm. Like, and you it, already knew it. Yep. And um, so, the, so there's everybody has a natal chart and there's a planet 
everybody has got a planet on their chart and every planet has a degree. So to find this on the exact day that Saturn is at the exact degree on my chart, I mean, you're working with a couple days there, you know, we, yeah. So because that it's like Saturn's a more out of bounds planet. But anyways, but it's still beyond coincidence that at yes. these moments that you're like having this aha epiphany mm-hmm. in your being that your Saturn was returning. Yes. And so, I didn't know what Saturn returning was. So cool. Now I know. Does it happen again when you're so 27 yeah, times like two? Yeah, 60. Yeah. Yep. And then if you lived in 90, but mm-hmm. like the 31 is like the big um, cosmic ass kick. It's okay. like when you actually become an adult. Yeah. And basically you're shedding all this skin. Yeah. It's like, oh, you thought you were going to play by the rules. You thought you were going to listen to your mom and your dad and you were going to listen to society. You're going to go to college and you're going to do it right. And you got this really cool little safe HR desk job. Yeah. And like, girl, you're actually supposed to be you know reading stars for lack of better words well that's going to happen anyway yeah so it's um uncanny how many people you'll say oh so what happened to you when you were 28 Mm -hmm. well I got married I had a baby I completely moved I switched careers yeah Um, Gina and I got together when I was 28 turning 29 I think yeah mm -hmm. yeah and so it's very karmic yeah it's very like who you're supposed to be yeah the, the cosmos are wild. You know, we as like humans in this very linear thought process are like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. That's just not real. Yeah. And with this cosmic shift that's happened, like the nine to fives, the pensions, I mean, our government's even taking them away. So yeah. it's not even going to be like, oh, you know, we're supposed to explore. So maybe what transpired during your, your um, Saturn return it's going to happen when you're 60. So you yeah. might go back late through. late 50s. I'm thinking 27 yeah. times 2. So anywhere from late yeah. 50s to early 60s. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, maybe not midlife crisis, but there's a lot of people who really reinvent themselves or decide finally they, they've well, Do you want to know what the thought. midlife crisis is? Yeah, I love that. Tell me. So there's a planet. Called, well, it's actually like an asteroid. It's called Chiron. It's your wounded healer. Wounded healer. Okay. It's the rainbow from the cosmos to the earth plane. Okay. And so the belief system is your deepest wound in this lifetime. So, so what 50, time uh-huh. like 50 exactly, okay. is when your Chiron return happens, right around mm-hmm. that zone. So midlife crisis or a bunch of people that never dealt with their shit. Oh, man. They never dealt with their childhood trauma. They never went deep enough. They never did that shadow work. And now they're 50 years old, and they hate their life, and they hate their partner, and they don't really like their kids, and it's all these really big feelings because they're still 13. So that's that. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. So what does somebody do if they realize that their Chiron is returning (laughs) and they're wounded and they didn't do the work? Then what? So I'm actually seeing a situation unfold in my life right now. In a seemingly perfect marriage, they're separating. Yeah. And um, she's got a new friend group. It's like she's in high school again. She's reinventing herself. Mm -hmm. Totally. She's reinventing. She's going through the roadblocks. She's going through the bumps. It's probably not going to be pretty. Yeah. But it's not really anybody's place to understand it. Sure. And I don't think it necessarily or inherently means that at 50 you're going to divorce your life necessarily. But you might choose to step into work differently or your healing differently or your life differently. Totally. Yeah. For some people, so back to where it's positioned, like some people it's going to be very public. Like if it's on the top of your chart, like, whoa, and this individual, it's at the top of her chart. So it's very public. It could be right at the deep of your soul. Yeah. So like you said, it could just be the, it could be this conversation. It could be someone at 50 finally confessing that I had an abortion. Right. And, and like, and just telling her spouse. Yeah. It could just be that. Freeing herself in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It could be the acknowledgement that I never had a voice as a kid and -hmm. I'm going to start going to therapy. Yeah. Like might not seem like a lot to me or you because we're so active in like our space right now. Yeah. 
um, but and it, growth path. Yeah, right? but it could be that. It could just be acknowledging that there needs to be a conversation around this for yeah. me on yeah. a regular basis. So how does astrology serve the regular Joe? And like, how, do, how can people use it? And what do you love to do with it? So um, what I love about astrology is that we, again, are kind of spoon-fed what life's supposed to look like, mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to do it. Yep. And it's really wild, but we're not all alike. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's super weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it really allows you to own all the different parts of yourself. And I've heard so many times, like, I've never told anybody that. Or um, there's things called interceptions, and a planet's stuck. And it's kind of like, it's like stuck... Um, it's stuck in a, a sign in the house and that makes zero sense yeah, to, to like anybody, anybody listening. <laughs> astrology. <laughs> but basically this energy is like kind of tucked away, okay. inaccessible. Okay. So let's say you have your son, which is your sense of self in this interception, which I've seen this. Yeah. And I talked to her, I said, do you feel, have you ever felt grounded? Have mm-hmm. you ever felt tapped in or like that? Who am I? I belong here. And she said, no. Right. Like, that's not a normal conversation. Right. You know, to acknowledge that would probably be, feel very weird to somebody. So, like, when you become knowing, like, know some of these things, you can start working through them and processing them, validating them. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, I, there's people's charts that are super effing creative. They're, like, yeah. wildly creative. And I'm like, you are so creative. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, they're in some boring office mm-hmm. job doing none of it. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, really? You think so? Yeah. I'm like, are you like super gifted at, you know, um, writing or, and I'm Art a really good writer. Yeah. I've always wanted to do a blog. Right. Girl, you're supposed to be doing that blog. Yeah, like jealous. let your hands move, yeah. you know? Um, so it's permission to, it's, it's probably validation for a lot of people who maybe aren't as keenly aware of their own self or haven't been given permission to do that. Totally. And you can validate that. Like that's why you've always felt that way or guided that way or that's why you've always struggled with this or that is what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think so many of us are simply seeking to be validated because we have this call in our heart and our soul and we just want it, We just want somebody to tell us we're not crazy and that even though it's going to buck the system or upset the apple cart or disappoint your parents or whatever else that you still... Like that, you are feeling that way because you are called to it. So going off that, we've privately had this conversation. Yeah. I know you're, I, I have to confess, I've not listened to every single one of your episodes. That's but okay, <laughs> you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so if you've already d- addressed this, yeah. um, we are in a huge cosmic, cosmic up-leveling yeah. right now. The souls that have come here are highly sensitive individuals. Um, our children... Highly sensitive individuals, as you referred to earlier, the indigos. Uh, we're coming here to rattle, shake it up. Yeah, I am seeing on a a very consistent basis the people that have reached out to me first. Yeah, are highly sensitive people. Yeah. Um. Again, this is probably going to blow a lot of people's line, minds, but we're like intrinsic, intrinsically, intrinsically, correct? intrinsically. Yes. Intuitive. Yeah. Sensitive. Yeah. There's lots of people that are air quotes, psychic. Yeah. We're just told to block it off. Yeah. So a lot of my readings are giving you back that personal power of like, you know, yeah, you know the right way. I know you love your mom. I know you love your dad. You know, your job's really stable yeah. and you have good benefits, Yeah. but you're going to 
wake up every day with that thing on your chest unless you freaking step out. Yeah. And like these kids that we're birthing, they're here to move us up. It's like yeah. high vibes, man. And we're supposed to be preparing the world and for them. And we're supposed to be preparing the world for them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so that has been a lot of the conversation. It's personal empowerment. It's, it's, we are Christ consciousness. We are the universe. Yeah. It's asking to be born through us. Your natal chart is just telling you what you're basically supposed to birth into this this world, this existence. Yeah. And there's a point on your chart. It's called your North Node, and it's your karmic lesson in this lifetime. And it's never comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> like, you didn't come what here to... What my North Node was. you got to tell me later what my North Node is. Okay. <laughs> Wait, isn't your North Node in the 10th house because you're supposed to be a superstar? <laughs> I don't know. We're not even sure when I was born necessarily, so let's not throw that too far. We know, we know, we know. Um, so yeah, I mean, like this lifetime, we're all here. So again, going back to my Catholic roots, yeah. you know, I when I was younger, I was like reincarnation. Oh, yeah, weird Buddhist people believe that, you know. Right. And now I'm like, so this last life, yeah, <laughs> totally. But each of our lives, we're here to up level, and yeah. we're given a mission and yeah. a lesson. And if you don't step into it, you're gonna have to do this shit again. <laughs> I know. That's so. it. I, told, I mean, that's it. That is it to me. Like the up leveling. First of all, is not always fun as it's happening, but no. ultimately, ultimately, um, you know, it's always worth it. Yeah. And who wants to repeat some of these lessons? <laughs> I mean, we already do it in our lives over and over again. You date the wrong, same wrong person seventeen times. You learn the same lesson until you really learn it. Mm-hmm. But like some of these things that we're called to step into, it's like what I talked about with Lori, like this best path. Like if you choose to really stay on the dirt roads of your life, you're going to have to go back in the next time and try to find that highway again, mm-hmm. you know? And oh, why not? Yes, that's right. <laughs> why not try now to be more, at least on the service drive of your life and step into these discomforts, these lessons, you know? Like it is, there is work in your pain um, or, or, or the painful pieces is, is the work, right? That North Node you talked about and whatever, like all of this stuff is meant to be moved through. Mm-hmm. And those of us who feel called to this podcast, right? Or mm-hmm. anything like it, you are being asked to step into your pain, acknowledge it, transmute, dissolve, dissolve move through it and keep leveling up and totally. serve your children or the children who are around you or help your friends. Maybe you don't have children, but talking to your friends, I mean, I know my job half the time is to be the weird one at the dinner party talking about reincarnation <laughs> and past lives and planting those seeds, you know? And I was I was thinking on my drive over like about like, you know, what it is that we that I'm doing here and why I love these podcasts and like these are all the deep conversations I love getting to it too in the morning when I was in my 20s and stayed up that totally. late, you know, yeah. and talking about weird <laughs> shit late in the night. Now I get to do it on a podcast. Like so fun, you know, but and like, I get to be co- told I'm intelligent. <laughs> Like, yeah. like, you're not getting those weird looks anymore. You're like, hey, she's on to something. She's on to something. Yeah. And I know there's people, like, probably, you know, I mean, I know there's people that are like, this is still so weird, and that's cool. Just, just you know, turn it off when you need to, mm-hmm. and just come back when you're ready. But um, I love that. I love that idea. Like, who wants to come back? And karma is, like, such a, such a um, controversial subject, yeah. I think there's a big misunderstanding around that. Huge. But in the sense of karma... For you, I mean, I don't know what your perspective is on it, but for me, it's just these these deep soul lessons. It's not like you did something bad and you were punished, right? Like, no. I think we assume that, oh, I picked um, parents that are addicts. I must be being punished for crappy choices. It's not anywhere near that cut and dry. Mm-mm. How would you describe karma? Since I just talked for, for a long time. Um, 
How would I describe karma? Or at least how you see it in astrology. Yeah. So I think that, like, there can be... Well, it can... I, I see it two ways. Like, for instance, with this North Node thing, right? Like, I perfected being a workaholic in my last life. Yeah. <laughs> okay? My North Node's in the 12th house, which is, like, the God box, spirituality. Like, I'm... Like, having this podcast, I'm living in my life path. Yeah. Right? I actually have to learn how to chill and be in receiving impartiality. You yeah. know, my card from the other day. Yeah. We did a cool event yeah. um, the other day. Chakra nourishing. Yeah. Chakra yeah. nourishing is so cool. Um, but anyways, so like literally my karma is you've done this. You've worked your ass off. You've worked the long hours. You've sacrificed your body. You've sacrificed your spirituality. You've done, you've done, you've done. Now you break have to go free this, from that habit. Break free from yeah. this. Yeah. Um, now, don't get me wrong. There is some past life stuff that is traumatic mm-hmm. and is struggle and maybe you did make some poor choices but i still believe that in that poor choice you're just here stronger in this life to not do that again yeah. so like when you do like for instance um one of the readings that i had um he's an aries and aries are like super aggressive and they're they can be like rah you know yeah. like that like live wire and they're yeah. impulsive and they're leaders and they're athletes and they're yeah very rah nah. yeah yeah <laughs> Like warrior. Yeah. Yeah. So his north node is in Taurus. And Taurus is like, it's Ferdinand the Bull. It's uh, like, it's yeah. a little more chill. It's good food. It's like, let's figure it out. We can work. We can Warrior play. body, a gentle heart. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so every time after his Saturn return, he'd go into that super raw Aries. Mm-hmm. He'd cry. Mm. Like he'd, he'd go there and then it feels so bad. Yeah. That he doesn't want to go there anymore. Mm. And that's that north node. Yeah. That's that step into peace, man. Yeah. Like, you can still have those moments because maybe in your last life you needed to be that warrior. Maybe it was super fight or flight. Yeah. And you were the ultimate at it and you survived because of it. Yeah. But, like, this life, you've done it. You did it great, man. Good job. This yeah. life, you're supposed to chill out, come from a place of peace, process peacefully, quietly, introspectively, have a good conversation. Let yourself cry. Let yourself cry, man. Yeah. Feel it and vibe it out. Yeah. So I kind of, that's how I see karma. Yeah. Sort of this balancing, this, mm-hmm. this gentle balancing of energy. Mm-hmm. I also have to say too that in astrology, we do have a natal chart, each of us. So we come here with our little star blueprint, but there's always energy popping off in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> so at any given moment, when you think you're doing it really right, yeah, you know, the universe, source, God, whoever you want to refer to it or whatever you yeah. want to refer to it as, it's up there asking us to up-level every single day. Yeah. So we are being triggered. Yeah. It's not, there's things called um, oppositions or trines in your chart. And trines are like when it just works. It's just yeah. like... In the flow. Oh, yeah. yeah. It just feels good. It's yeah. a bright summer day, right? right? Trines are great and all. But if you don't have the inconjuncts or the oppositions, then you're not in a process of up-leveling. Yeah. So we have these constant transits they're referred to as that are triggering your natal chart so that you aren't ever really that comfy. Yeah. You just get better at being uncomfortable. Oh, that's like, that is it. That's life, man. That's yeah. it. You're never really going to be that comfortable. Maybe you have moments of bliss, but half the time people are uncomfortable in bliss and joy, right? But that's so it. You just get better at being uncomfortable right. and working through the, the challenges that come with that. I love that. And you're a cancer. Mm-hmm. And so cancers, our um, rulership is the moon. Mm-hmm. And the moon phases out every two and a half days. Yeah, we are the only ones not guided by a planet. <laughs> so 
Yes, I'm sorry, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Once I learned that, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. (laughs) So for like you specifically, and it being in your 10th house of career, Mm -hmm. because that's where your son's chilling at. If you, okay, so let's say the moon's, so the moon phases through each of the 12 zodiac signs, right? Every like two and a half days, essentially. So let's say for you, cancer feels really good and the moon's in cancer and you're like feeling it and you're, yeah. you're crying it out, but it's like yeah. kind of happy tears and like, ah, oh, let's yeah. say you're in Aries and Aries is a fire sign. And normally, you know, that can feel uncomfy for the water signs because cancer's a water sign. Yeah. And you're in those two and a half days of Aries and you're like feeling anxiety and you want to kind of itch your skin off and you're yeah. like, ah, you know, and then it's phasing into Taurus two days later and you're like back to that vibe and that sensual. And so I think for people that are unaware of some of these cosmic energies, they think that they're crazy. They yeah. think that like, oh my gosh, I need to get on Wellbutrin or, oh my gosh, I'm like, uh, the yoga is not working for me anymore. It felt yeah. really good last week, but really it's just knowing that there's a shift happening all the time. And yeah. so I used you specifically as a cancer yeah. because that's very central to who you are. Yeah. So you're going to have those like two and a half days and it's understanding that, you know, Monday and Tuesday and half of Wednesday were cool. Yeah. And then it got a little weird Wednesday night yeah. and Thursday and Friday. Oh and maybe I cried a little bit. Yeah. But I'm feeling kind of better. And it's giving ourselves that grace of like, you don't have to be on 24-7. You don't have to understand everything. You don't have to stay black and white. And and the ability to simply like honor what is and move through it. Yes. And let it be instead of constantly trying to resist, control, create. And be perfect yeah. and all the other things that we're supposed to be all the time. Right, which is all bullshit. Um, <laughs> so y- yesterday in our chakra nourishing experience, which um, at Expanding Spirits in Ferndale. It was I'll so awesome. That. I'll tag that in the, in the show notes too. It was so awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> um, it's my second one. So I'm working on getting that on a bigger scale too. But and super zen because of it. Yeah, I don't know about that. It was not, it was not my experience yesterday but um, <laughs> um oh my gosh I'm gonna dime you out she had like a there are these little like salt masks for your eyes and she had it on top of her head yes I was wearing it like a hat it was flopped over her head she uh-huh. had her little blanket up because she was chilly I had hematite on my back and chest <laughs> and weigh myself down so um zen was not how I was feeling but I think I was moving through some things continuing into the evening um anyway uh <laughs> It was nothing to see over there yeah. on the sheepskin rug. I just, I'm now to the point of my own weirdness that I just own whatever nonsense comes into my head. And at that moment, it was to put the eye mask on the top of my head. So um, what I was going to mention is like the sensitivity, right? Like, so those of us who are more sensitive to the world, we're going to feel that constant shift happening more obviously, right? Like I'm a pretty sensitive person, even though I have my crab hard shell. Um, and I get into that place with all those crystals and my head feels like it's literally going to explode. Um, So that is why I did all those things. Um, But I think honoring that, like, if you are sensitive and you constantly feel these ebb and flows, like, learning how to, like, ride the wave is what my friend Lori says. And and John Kabat-Zinn says the same thing, which is... um, we don't, we can't stop the waves, but we can learn to surf, Totally, you know, and just like learning to honor all of those sides of ourselves. Before we get towards the end here, I, yesterday in our sharing circle at the Chakra Nourishing event, you said something about, you were like so profound about ego death. So let's talk about this shift that's happening and the death of the ego and Ooh. what that means and why you brought it up and all of that. Oh, well, I mean, flashing back to that moment, I was definitely... So I'm becoming more comfortable with the fact that I have spirit guides and I can have stuff channeled through me. You know, I'm still like, um, I I say I'm new to this, 
and I've been like actively in the work for like five years and I right. still feel like a baby. Yeah. You know? Um, <clears throat> but anyways, we were doing an energy exercise and she had said with our hands and she's like, now we're going to tap into our own energy. And my whole body was like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> oh, don't want to go there. Contract it. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Like my energy sucks. You know, that's yeah. just like, again, that negative self-talk. It's yep. always on that, that little pesky ego, right? Yep. Um, doesn't want to ever let you feel too big, too cool. But yeah. anyways, so I'm like working with it and all of a sudden it's like feeling really good. And yeah. it was just this light bulb moment of like, and it, I, I don't know whose voice it is ever. Sometimes it sounds like myself. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes yeah. it's in question form. I'm like, you know. Yeah. The voices in my head is what I yeah. like to refer to them as. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, actually the other day I heard the name Alex. <laughs> oh. So maybe there's an Alex. I don't know. It's yeah. weird. <laughs> but anyways, I'm listening and I hear, um, we are peace. We're perfect. Our, our energy is oneness. Yeah. And um, we are all in feeling this intense ego death right now. We have this crazy conjunction happening, and it's in its infancy stages. It's actually chilling with us for a full year, and mm. it's going to come to head 2020. Okay. Um, but it's Pluto. It's your personal power. It's transformation. It's life, death, rebirth. So it's literally shed in skin. Yeah. And it's sitting right next to Saturn, which is your fears, your limitations, restrictions, boundaries. And when the planets sit next to each other, they like feed off one another. Mm -hmm. And it's asking us to identify what no longer serves. Yeah. Um, it's asking us to identify our personal power. Mm -hmm. It's asking us to acknowledge like what needs modification, what needs to be released, what needs to literally die, yeah. what friend groups no longer serving us, what jobs no longer serving us, and how are we still choosing to play small? Yeah. And so a lot of us are feeling this like, I, I'm always grabbing my chest, but it feels like, ooh, ooh, a yeah. little like uncomfy. Yeah. What's going on? You yeah. know, me and my spouse are riffing, you know, my... Um, my car's breaking down. Um, uh, this this home that I had for years no longer feels right. It's like yep. foundational shit. Yeah, happening. things feel heavy. I feel like for a lot of people, P things feel heavy, and it's gonna get wilder. Oh, great! And so when you say you know to float, I, yeah. I always get that like tidal wave. You know, like yeah. you got the guy like trying to crash through it and they drowned. Yeah, or you can like fly on your back. Yeah, and get tossed around a bunch. Maybe yeah. you, like drink a lot of salt water, but you're not going to necessarily die. Right. Like, and like you were saying, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, it's supposed to happen. This and a lot of this is um, Pluto and uh, Saturn are patriarchy. It's government. Mm -hmm. So this mm -hmm. isn't just a personal. Yeah, this is definitely like we're going to see some wild shit happen in our government. Like yep. what we once assumed as forever is not going to be and we're going to see it happen right before our eyes and it yeah. goes back to that what we were talking about earlier is that we are in a cosmic up leveling right now yeah fast 3D, and hard no yeah. more 5d 60 yeah. 70 wherever d yeah um it's the acknowledgement that all of us are receiving source energy all of us are being communicated with yep. if we choose to listen yep. and the ways that our parents survived is not going to be how we were survive here and we're literally here to start trying this on and vibing it out because our kids are literal light workers yeah they're ready they are like you better just get this world ready i mean i was told from uh, my friend that like 
part of my contract with my daughter um, is to prepare the world for her generation, like yes. to help get the parents ready so they can serve the children so that the children can save and serve the world. Yes. You know, because if we don't make some huge shifts, we can all recognize that things are going south fast. And I'm going to get really weird here for a second. Love it. But there's Go for it. stuff on our charts that are indicative. They're called starseed points. Anne's got them. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, and they're basically indicative of you're not even necessarily from this zone. Like right. you're, there's energies coming from different galaxies and cosmos and all sorts yeah. of stuff because we're in pain here. Yeah, this Earth is suffering. We've done a number on it. Um, however, Mother Nature, it's it it will survive longer than we will. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not like saying oh the end of the world's gonna happen. But what I am saying is that yeah, there's outside forces getting sent down here. Yeah. Because it's time to shake it off and up level. Um, yeah. there's, it's like an alignment on our kids' charts. Um, I've never read Rosie's chart, but I have looked at my own kids, but I'm assuming Rosie's right there with my yeah. kids and all these other little geniuses that are flying around. Yeah. Um, but our kids, it's actually in their charts that they're going to be the generation or their offspring. So in yeah. these next two that are going to figure out to end killing wow. in war. And oh, I, I was... I was listening to you guys talking about that, and it's like, when has war ever worked? When is, like, killing, torture, rape, destruction ever actually created a strong, you know, foundation? It hasn't ever worked. So our kids are actually going to be these kids that are, like, conscious of the environment and conscious of what they're consuming, and they're thinking about the animals, and they're thinking about the land, and they're thinking about each other. Yeah. And it's going to be this worldwide wonderful web of a connection, you yeah. know, that we see each other for who we are. It's no longer skin. It's no longer, it's no longer, it's, yeah. it's no the, longer separation. It's no longer separation. It's no longer then. patriarchy. It's the rise of the divine feminine and bal- yes. rebalancing that energy Re- between male balancing. and female. It's not that the women are going to take over and then smush the men. It's no. this rebalancing that's been so out of balance for and so And letting our guys long. have a feeling in yeah. their body, you know, and, and end this repression of self and allow our women to be like, hey, I'm a strong woman warrior and that yeah. she's not a bitch or a boss. Yeah. You know, bossy, like, yep. you know, the negative connotation of the term that you've discussed. Yeah. Love yeah, it. we're in wild times, man. We chose to be here. So we got work to do. That's right. Get to work, friends. Yeah. The big step is just listening to this. That's so you're right. already on it. You're yeah, on it. It's awesome. You're leveling up just by listening. I mean, that was like literally this the, the tagline that I was thinking that came to me recently. It was like raising, elevating consciousness one conversation at a time. Oh, yeah, man. And I just want to keep doing that. I loved this. This has been Awesome, Carly. If people want to schedule a reading with you, how do they contact you on Instagram? Yeah, Carly on the Daily. Okay, C A R L Y, no E. Carly on the Daily. On the daily. Awesome. Yeah. She's gonna have a website coming out soon, so I'm gonna help her work on that and get her <laughs> get her shit out there. Um, Carly's coming to my retreat this fall yes. and probably bring in her hubby, yeah. and you can get a reading with her then. Yes. Um, but uh, and also perhaps you can start doing some um, weekly. Uh, forecasting for us. How yeah, about that? Yeah, I would love that. Let's just pin you down. Yeah, Carly on the daily, I'm becoming <laughs> awesome. Becoming daily. Something like that. <laughs> the cosmic daily energy. That's right. Something. <laughs> we'll, we'll come up with something really catchy for you guys. Any lasting thoughts? No, this has been so great. This has been so great and so freeing. And I'm just so grateful to be a part of the time where I can shed my skin publicly and come clean, you know, and and I still feel that way. I still feel like I'm washing off, washing off some of the grime and just coming totally into the own and, and channeling all that light that is who we intrinsically are. So thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this. Thank you. Thank you for your bravery, your courage, your vulnerability, your honesty, your channeling, all of it. It was so awesome. Thank you.
Don't you just love Carly's vibe? I love it. Um, if, again, for the 100th time, if you want to follow her, Carly on the Daily on Instagram, and I would love any feedback or questions you have for her in the future, just hit me up on the Becoming with Anne Fancy Facebook page or send me a message, and uh, I'd love to hear about all of that from you. Let's talk about one more time. I would love, love, love if you could just share and subscribe and send this out to people that you think will resonate with it. I appreciate you sharing it. I appreciate your listenership, and I appreciate you. Have an awesome day. Until next time.